everyone. Welcome to this week's Blonde Intelligence with me, Miss Ronnie, where I always seek to give you exquisite cranial repertoire. This week, our very special guest is Nuhi's Nomad out of New York, New York. Say hello to everyone. Hey everyone, how are you all doing? <laughs> We're fine over here. We're going to start out with letting you take over and telling everyone a little bit about yourself. Right. My name is Nuhi's Nomad. That's my stage name. My given name is Zachary Tiergan. I am a 23-year-old recent college graduate from Sarah Lawrence College based in New York, New York. I grew up studying classical voice, went to LaGuardia High School in the city, and then in college picked up bass and guitar and started taking songwriting a little more seriously. Okay. So tell me about your latest project. My latest project, the self-titled LP, New He's Nomad is a project that took, you know, four years since my freshman year of college when I started diving back into songwriting. I wanted a way to express myself in a medium that others would appreciate and I'd be able to Im impact others in a benevolent way, right? So before this, I was singing in a church choir and I had one of my, one of my tenors in the tenor section told me around the Christmas time at the end of the year, he was like, you know, Zach, I'm going to miss you because before singing next to you, I really didn't have the confidence. But now that I'm singing with you, you've given me this newfound self-esteem that makes you want to sing more. So by touching one person, I feel like I would outdone my expectations as a musician and I only wanted to further that. And the most immediate way to do so is by releasing a, an album because that has 12 different songs, all with different sounds, different audiences and different people who can be affected and uplifted by that music. Is this your first project? This is my first full LP, yes. Okay, so what made you decide to do a whole LP instead of starting out with an EP? I started writing, I wrote two singles, they were demos. I was teaching myself how to produce, wrote an EP, they were demos, the production wasn't too good. So by the time I started learning how to mix and master properly- Why think that wasn't too good? <laughs> because I'm very self-critical and it, it felt like there was something missing, right? Did you ever find out what that was? Yeah, an education on how to mix and master. Um, so, which is why I transferred colleges from Case Western Reserve University to Sarah Lawrence and started studying uh, sound engineering and production as well as maintaining my career in classical voice. So then I started learning under John Yanelli and I had written about seven or eight songs and I started learning how to mix and master. And at that point I was like, you know what? Why not write a full LP? It creates fan base and EP is only four, four to six songs, but an LP is 12 minutes. 36, sorry, 12 songs, 36, 37 minutes, and I could start gigging and play full sets of original music. And okay. that's why. So what is your end goal or even small measurable goals that you have for being in entertainment right now? Well, the first one is to be able to book gigs and the selfish one is to you know, win a Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and an Emmy. But the, the benevolent one is to be able to give others an outlet or help ease them during whatever hardships they go through. Because for the past year, everyone's been suffering. So what are you doing now towards achieving that? Well, currently I'm working on the marketing end of my album. 
and I've been working with nonprofits. What does every artist need? Press, 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 and more press. Music reviews, interviews, blog articles, press releases, the Blonde Intelligence video show, the Blonde Intelligence podcast, the Blonde Intelligence blog, Blonde Intelligence music reviews. Available on Pandora, Amazon Music, Apple, YouTube, and more. Social media blasts. Build your EPK. Expand your fan base. Links to your press. For more information, visit blonde-intelligence.com. And I actually played a live gig on live stream gig on March 6th for a, a Pride event in March, but it was for the Persian New Year. And I'm looking forward to hopefully working with them again in May 6th. I'm also shooting three more music videos. I've already filmed one, and it's due to release on April 16th. Look at you. <laughs> and only 23. So tell me, was the learning the business part part of the passion or something that you felt was a necessity? It was both. I've always loved selling things. And I figured, you know, why not just sell my product? And I've always been a shameless musician. In high school, I wrote songs. They were terrible. Like I couldn't sing in tune. I had no sense of pitch. I didn't study classical voice. I didn't study voice at all. And I just DM all my friends on Facebook, hey, check out my new EP. It's on Bandcamp. We don't speak of this. These songs no longer exist in public domain. But maybe one day I'll drop them just as a way so you all can see how far I've come. But also, business has always been essential to my life, right? As a classical musician, it was always how can I secure this audition? How can I get press to build a resume, build some awareness around my name, and then take on the big opera houses like the Met, perhaps the Sydney, La Scala, or the one in Vienna. So tell me what instruments you play. Well, I grew up playing violin around age three to seven. I didn't have the best teacher, so I dropped it for piano. And then when I was playing piano, I realized I really wanted to sing because I would sing for fun in the shower. And then I decided to go to high school and LaGuardia High School I chose because I could major in voice. So I maintained piano from around I want to say 7 to 14, 15. Then I dropped it for classical voice. But of course, this theory still stays. And I can still play, you know, four chords. I can still play some tunes, but nothing as prolific as I used to be able to. And then when I started songwriting, I was sick of going to guitarists and bass and having them track for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn to do it myself so I can have my vision the way I want it and have it be all me. And the only exception is the drum kit because I haven't had a full drum kit. I've never played a full drum kit, but that's the next thing on my bucket list. Hopefully, if I can record it without breaking the bank, you know. So, with this being your first solo project, and you saying that you would have a passion and a necessity for learning the business, according to your analytics, where's your biggest fan base? My biggest fan base is my family and friends. But when I've been doing some demographic lookup, I am doing well in some cities. You know, New York, New York, that's where I'm from. That's where I play. But also, I have some numbers in Rio de Janeiro and Brazil. I have some numbers in Milan, Italy. As far as countries go, it's U.S., Brazil, and Canada. But then again, this is a very fresh LP. The statistics aren't that saturated. They're not that uh, old, per se. I, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they're not as, uh, yeah, let's say old. They're not as reliable because they're very fresh, and that could change if I could get put on a radio station and say, you know, Korea, China, it, um, Germany or Latin America and Colombia, then all of a sudden the numbers are going to get skewed more towards that country. Okay. So, what about working with artists? What type of, I know that 
you're in one genre. How do you feel about changing over or crossing over as they would call it, having samples of your music in other genres? If you're going to sample my music, have fun with it. Just don't make it boring. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that I would hate is you take my sample, you strip all the life out of it, pitch correct oh, everything on top of it. Why would it be boring? You yeah. live the life, you live the humanity, right? The whole purpose of music is to have a human connection. And then if you're going to pitch correct and make everything perfect, you lose that and it becomes robotic. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I tell myself, because otherwise I'm spending hours making sure everything is perfectly in time and perfectly in tune. So. <laughs> so have you worked with any artists? I have mixed and produced and written with some other artists, although they typically stay close to me in folk rock, indie rock. One of them is signed to my label, which I run and is also assigned to myself. His name is Luke McCarthy and he has an LP, I think. Sorry? You failed to mention the label. Oh yeah, Turgan Records. I founded that in 2018 because I figured if I can get the business done for myself, why not help bring others up with me? And we give them a competitive royalty rate without giving them advanced recouping. We cover most expenses. so. They don't end up indebted to us. They're able to leave at any time. Okay. So are you just trying to keep everything in-house where you don't have to outsource to anybody? Or are you trying to bring talent into your entity? How are you doing it? Both. A little bit of both. I like keeping most things in-house, but I do have... It gets, tire, it gets tiring when you're mixing everyone's tune, you're mastering everyone's tune, and you're recording for them. So as we expand, I've been outsourcing. My drummer, he's based in Australia. I found him on Fiverr. He laid one groove. It was phenomenal. I've been working with him since. We have a personal relationship now. As far as mixing and mastering, you know, I have a buddy from high school who does mixing and mastering and a friend of a friend in Seattle. And I have people in Austin, too. If I need to have an artist in Austin find a studio, I can go through them put them up in the studio and have them get recorded. What does every artist need? Press, 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 and more press. Music reviews, interviews, blog articles, press releases, the Blonde Intelligence video show, the Blonde Intelligence podcast, the Blonde Intelligence blog, Blonde Intelligence music reviews, available on Pandora, Amazon Music, Apple, YouTube, and more. Social media blasts, build your EPK, expand your fan base, Links to your press. For more information, visit blonde-intelligence.com. By my buddy. Okay. So tell me this. Um, with the mixing and mastering and doing all the other business entities and all of that, how do you have time for your project? Oh, I don't. So, <laughs> so I learned how to mix and master to mix and master my project. I didn't do the mastering. I got really close to it, but I realized I would pull my hair out. So I had somebody else do it, but I mixed it. And while mixing this project, I realized I never want to mix my music again. I don't know if I want to mix anybody else's because I just put so much pressure on myself to attain that, you know, the perfect mix, which is not really possible because nothing is perfect. But, you know, as a self-sufficient do-it-all perfectionist, you want it to be as good as it can be. And then I could keep sitting on a mix for another year. I could sit on these tunes for five or six years if I didn't want to release them on my birthday, which is when I release them. But I have no problem mixing and mastering for others, but when it comes to my own work, I become very self-critical. Well, 
Tell me, how would you handle the pressures of being successful in the well, industry? Because it's some pressure. Yeah, I would have a revenue stream, right? Well, I've, I've heard several people say once they make it to a certain level, they feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses or they have to maintain a certain um, appearance and that that's a lot of pressure in itself or you might have to push out so many projects or you might have to write this piece and have it done in this amount of time. How would you handle the pressure of being successful? Well, deadlines are deadlines, so you can never argue with them. But as far as keeping an appearance, I like to think that my album is a reflection of who I am as a person, not as a different facade. Nuhi's Nomad is just there, so when you want to associate my name, you don't associate my name with the opera singer, so I can keep a separation of, let's say, church and state, right? But if I'm trying to get something done by a deadline, and if I'm successful enough to have people looking to get things done by a deadline, I'm assuming I'd have a revenue stream. So I could use that to outsource the mixing mastering to make sure everything is as good as it can be by that deadline. And if I'm successful, I'm still doing everything myself. I don't think that's success. Okay. What is your favorite track on your LP? That's a really good question. See, I love them all a lot because they're all personal. They all stem from different points in my life. But I'd have to go with number four because it has the most sentimental value. Right, it's about my old summer home I used to have in New Jersey. It was Four Harbor Lane, Margie, New Jersey. We shot a music video for it. We use a lot of archive footage from my childhood. So that song really has a special place in my heart. Now, what's the name of it? Number four. It's literally number oh, four. Oh, the name of it is number four. I was thinking he was telling me that it was number four on the list. <laughs> oh, it is, but it's also number four. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you said that the whole... LP has sentimental value from different points of your life. Tell me about one that was from a very high point in your life that's on here. Um, the Persian one, Angiza, a high point in my life. It's an upbeat motivational tune that is in Farsi. Some of the verses translate to, I'm like a mountain of motivation and I will never tremble or fall. And the chorus says that, tell us that we're the luckiest of the lucky. You know, things have been going well. So I started writing a song in Farsi. I didn't write the lyrics all myself. I actually hired someone because as Iranian as I am and as well as I can speak Farsi, I'm not the most eloquent reading or reader or writer. And that's because my mom worked her, at, worked her butt off for me to learn. But I was a kid and I didn't want to study. I didn't want to pay attention. So I lost the edge that I could have had. Now tell me about how have your experience been with Charity Pros? I've enjoyed Share to Pros. I've been getting a lot of rave reviews, and I'd hope so after spending four years in this project. And <laughs> I, I'm interested to see where the um, the outreach goes, and not the outreach, but the the impact and my exposure goes using Share to Pros. Is there anything else that you would like anybody to know about you or the project, like where you can find it, social media handles, anything like that? Of course. First and foremost, this is my first interview, so please do not judge me. And um, you can find us on Instagram dash Nuhi's Nomad. You can find us on TirganRecords.com or Nuhi's Nomad.com. That website links to Tirgan Records on our page there. And you can also find us in Bandcamp should you choose to purchase the album at Nuhi's Nomad.Bandcamp.com. Okay. Advertise with Blonde Intelligence. 
where our listeners experience exquisite cranial repertoire. Blonde Intelligence is a new podcast and video channel featuring entertainment, musical artists, producers, entrepreneurs, as well as discussions on social topics, making the Blonde Intelligence platform suitable for a wide variety of product ad types. Video, Instagram TV, YouTube, and links shared to all Blonde Intelligence social media pages and select group networking platforms. This creates a collective base of over 50,000 potential sets of eyes on your product or service. Each sponsored ad will feature on both the podcast and video platforms. Sponsors have the choice of either a voice ad or audio video ad, with three options for placements. Create a win-win business partnership by advertising with Blonde Intelligence.